0: go on a journey. If you're skeptical, don't worry. Not here to preach. Gonna keep it clean and talk miracles. Say, Where faith meets laws of nature. Get in touch with your creator. Say, okay. With a bacon, loving Jew. She even
2: speaks Hebrew. What's Welcome back to What's God Got to Do With It, and we are here to continue this series where we are breaking down this really complex topic of worthiness, and really what I call the paradox of worthiness, as in how do you feel worthy when you don't feel worthy? And this is the third episode in this series where on the first episode called Unraveling Worthiness, Breaking Down the Five Blocks to God's Love— I introduced you to what I call the five blocks to God's love and how I discovered that for me, when it came to actually feeling worthy of being loved and not feeling like I had to earn it or like when I'm this or when I do that, then I'll be lovable. I mean loved right now as I am, that was really hard for me to grasp at first. It's kind of like something was blocking me from receiving it. And this paved the way for us to get into each of these five God blocks that, interestingly enough, I had been teaching to my clients as my five ingredient self-imaging formula for over a decade, which, like we talked about, was through the eyes of the science of the self-image. And If you're curious about the science of the self-image side of things, I got into the nitty gritty of that back in episode seven, the faith brain connection, where self-image meets neuroscience. But as you're learning and as we talked about the last couple of weeks, those same five ingredients, when looked at another way or just looking at them through spiritual eyes, they weren't just ingredients. For me, they were actually where I was blocking God's love and any love for that matter from really coming my way and truly receiving it. That was the resistance that I kept bumping up against, and that's what was blocking me from feeling the power or the truth in this idea that I don't have to hustle for my worthiness and that it's there right now and it's always going to be there, but that's why I now call them God blocks because if you're blocking them, it feels like that love is not even there. So on one side of the coin, these five things are like magic ingredients that add up to this recipe for worthiness. But those same things, if you're not aware of them and you stay blocked by them, they're literally going to block you from love and block you from worthiness. Hence why I call it the paradox of worthiness. But as I keep saying, God wasn't blocking me and my circumstances weren't blocking me. I was blocking me. My thoughts and perceptions of myself, that's what was blocking what was available to me. And how when I looked at those same ingredients through my spiritual eyes, the things that I was once relying on, only me to feel responsible for, or you know, thinking I had to do it all through my own might and own strength, I realized that those were the things that were blocking me from, again, not just the love of God, but the love of anyone in this universe that wanted to give their love to me, whether it was family, friends, relationships, you name it. But the other reason that these five blocks kind of felt so revelatory for me and and why I get so excited to share this with you is because when I simply became aware of those five blocks and I acknowledge them and I care for them all of a sudden they weren't just these blocks that were no longer blocking me, but instead it's like they transformed and became like a powerful gateway or bridge to connection and to worthiness and to peace, like so much peace. And it allowed me to invite God in right there and ask him to help me. And then my prayers just became things like, God, meet me here and help me see what you see and and help me find unworthiness and, and help me unblock what's blocking me from you and remove anything or unlearn any lie that is not coming from you. And that's why I believe it's so important to recognize your own God blocks, as in what's keeping you from receiving the love that's available to you right now? And what's keeping you from feeling like you're worthy of receiving love and worthy of being taken care of or just valued beyond the size of your genes or bank balance or relationship status? And that's why I'm so excited to keep this conversation going because awareness truly is enough to start that transformation and create those new neural pathways. So, last week in Removing the Blocks, Self Acceptance, and God's Unwavering Grace, we talked about self acceptance and the paradox of acceptance because it's like, how do you accept yourself when all you've ever known is self rejection and self criticism and shaming yourself? And so, we took a deep dive into that. And the reason I started with self acceptance specifically was because I think it's the hardest one to sink in. And, well, at least it was for me personally. And and after teaching these ingredients to my clients, clients for over a decade, historically it's been the hardest for them too. So if you missed that episode, definitely go back and check that out. But just like we did last week for self-acceptance, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you this next ingredient in God block from three different viewpoints. So first, I'm going to walk you through it as one of the five ingredients that become kind of like this recipe for worthiness within your self-image. Then I'll share how that same ingredient, the same thing, can actually be a God block if you are blocked by it or you just don't feel worthy of receiving it. And then, of course, we'll look at what God has to say about it. So let's dive in and and let's take a look at the second ingredient to your self-image and worthiness and the second God block, which is self-care. Okay, and we're going to self-care next, not because it's the hardest, like I said about self-acceptance, but because it's gotten the most overcomplicated in today's world. And so the topic of health and self-care is one of the most confusing and overwhelming topics, especially for women. And that's why I definitely feel like it needs to be oversimplified. Now, if you want to take a deep dive into addressing your food and body struggles through the eyes of God or through spiritual eyes, I did break that down a lot in Episode 8 which was called Holy Guacamole, Faith, Food, and a Restored Body Image. But we are going to keep that conversation going. And this is where I want to introduce you to a new definition of health and self-care. Because most people think that health and self-care is strictly the physical, like strictly what you eat, how you move your body, like that kind of conversation. But if that's all we look at, I actually believe we are leaving our health to chance or we're just leaving it on the table. And that's why I want to invite you into looking at your health and self-care as this three dimensional conversation and figuring out what it would take for you to care for yourself as, as a verb and as a noun, but not just physically, but Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, relationally, physically, all of it. And not just thinking of it like that. I actually mean flipping it on its head so that you start with the mental, emotional, spiritual side of it and focus on that side of your health and then bring that with you into the physical. And I get it, like this is totally backwards from what we have all learned. But when you think about it, how well are you able to take care of yourself physically when you aren't in a good headspace or heart space? It, it's nearly impossible, right? But, but most people I know have found that they don't know what taking care of their head, heart and spirit even looks like. And that's why this is such a crucial conversation in my opinion. And and this is also where I truly believe we have to start with our mental, emotional and and now you know what I mean when I say social brain first, as in that part of the brain that we talked a lot about when we discussed the self-image side of things. And and yes, of course, you know I believe that we need to start looking at this through the spiritual side of it and and having that be part of our health too. So that's one side of it, right? Like essentially starting on the inside and making your way to the outside or the physical. But I think a lot of people think that health and self-care is something to do if they have the time or if they have the bandwidth or they think that health and self-care means, you know, manicures and bubble baths, which don't get me wrong, are also awesome and necessary sometimes, but if that's your take on health and self-care, again, you're not going to get what you need. And that's why for my definitions of health and self-care again, it's figuring out what would it take for you to take care of yourself as a verb and as a noun, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, relationally, and yes, physically, like all of it. And not only starting there, but inviting God into this conversation from the very beginning too, because this topic, especially, I feel like I was always trying to do it through my own will and my own might. Or I was tying up my self-worth with what I weighed and unconsciously outvoting my health and self-care altogether, which we'll, we'll take a look at as well. But it was spilling into all of the other ingredients, too. So things like self-acceptance that we talked about last week, but also the other ingredients that we're going to be covering in the coming weeks. And I get it. This in itself is a big pattern interrupt for most people that think that their health is just a food and fitness conversation. So that being said, let's take a look at that. Like, do you truly feel like you know how to take care of yourself? And I found that most people don't. Or they might know how to focus on fitness or focus on what they're eating for a little while. But as soon as adversity strikes, they go right back to their default. Or maybe you do know how to take care of yourself physically, but like the mental, emotional side of things or on that level, you feel like you need some help. Okay, And again, self-care and health, it has to be this three-dimensional conversation. And when it comes to your self-image, and that means knowing what you need and what it would take to take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of it. In other words, it's really about taking care of all of your brain and all of your nervous system, which in my opinion, if anyone is talking about health, but not even taking into account the brain or the nervous system or not even talking about it, it's like run far and and run fast, right? But, But I digress. All of that is to say, if this whole taking care of your health and yourself side of things or this whole conversation is eluding you, or maybe it's something on the back burner, or maybe it's... Something that you've just decided like isn't in the cards for you, or maybe you've given up altogether, this is where this could also be a God block for you and this will make more sense once you get all of the other ingredients in God Blocks, there could also be some crossover keeping you from getting this. So like I said, self-acceptance, and but we talked about, we're gonna be talking about self-worth as well because if your value and identity is wrapped up solely in what you weigh or what size you are, that's gonna end up being a big problem for you emotionally, socially, spiritually, physically in the end. And that's what I mean when I say there's crossover. They don't always just stand alone. But this is the perfect place to invite God in because if this is a block for you, I invite you to distinguish between this idea of self-care and health as the world and, you know, culture and really diet culture has presented it to you versus this idea of asking God to meet you in your journey and your health and your body and again, I mean the crossover of the other ingredients as well. And yes, I do understand the complexity of this and why this is the epitome of the paradox of health and self-care as in, you know, how do you take care of yourself when you don't know how to take care yourself and honestly the simple answer is you just start right you just start where you are with what you've got and you renew your mind so let's do that okay And that's why I feel like it's super important to meet you in the definitions of health and self-care that you might already be living in, or maybe you learned, I know I learned them, because in so many ways, they are faulty or skewed definitions of the word health. So it makes sense if health and self-care seems, you know, kind of impossible. So maybe you learn definitions based on, you know, the the definition of health being like, okay, hard work and suffering, where it's that whole eat less, move more thought process, like, you know, the diet mentality or where your brain has no choice but to rally up and gather what I call head weapons. So to get to get yourself through it, things like control and counting and weighing and measuring and obsession, you get the picture. And again, these things can be tools, but like when we're using them all the time, they become weapons of control. But I've also found that a lot of people, especially women, are chasing this definition of health where health is equated to, you know, for for lack of a better way of saying it, it's equated to skinny or it's based around the focus of getting or staying skinny or thin or lean or any other kind of aesthetic word. And for me, I had it confused that if I chased skinny, then I would finally be healthy. But what I didn't know then was that leading with skinny or leading with that you know weight loss mentality is nine times out of 10 going to cause you to live in such an unhealthy way. And in a lot of cases, create disorders and body dysmorphia. And of course, Cause all of that toxic shame if you've never addressed all of that underlying stuff. So what if your definition of healthy actually started at a new definition of healthy as in things like how healthy is your nervous system and how healthy is your brain and of course what if your definition of health started at a spiritual soul heart level and brought that into the physical and then you looked at your physical health through those those eyes right because when you are chasing skinny or lean or whatever words you're using and there's no shame in it here I learned it too and, and really, it's everywhere. But when you are chasing the worldly view of health, not only does that not work, or at least it doesn't work very long, but little by little, it ends up hurting you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of it. Because when all of your goals or your worth or your self-esteem are based on your infatuation with skinny or lean, or again, whatever words you're using your heart has no choice but to rally and use weapons of mass destruction to get through it all mainly what i call heart weapons things like shame and blame and comparisonitis and perfectionism and trust me it will never be enough like even if you get to your air quotes perfect weight but you haven't addressed all of that other stuff it will never be enough and you will it will never make you truly happy and that's actually taking you away from health and self-care. And so many people are doing the opposite of taking care of themselves in favor of pursuing being skinny or lean or fit or any other like vanity-based words that are consuming us from the diet culture. I'm not saying like you can't focus on what you look like and vanity. You're human. Like I want you to feel amazing and beautiful and all those things. But if you are leading with that as a as your way of trying to achieve health, again, not only does does it not work in the long term for your health it's actually the opposite of health and self-care in many circumstances so now i feel like i'm kind of beating that like a dead horse but but there is another side of this that that i want to mention about your health and self-care and it's this
1: trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
3: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer.
2: There is another side of this that that I wanna mention about your health and self-care, and it's this. Your health, it's gotta be personal, okay? You can't use someone else's formula or prescription or recipe, like you need your own one. And, And it's gotta be one that works with you and for you. And I would really invite you to take on this idea that it's gotta be created by you. And that doesn't mean that it has to be solely you, but you've gotta be the one taking authority and ownership of it, right? And this is where a lot of people, they do outsource expertise to someone else or they ask somebody to tell them what to eat or how to move or how to work out or how to think. And then they let everyone else but themselves become an expert on them and an expert on their health and their bodies. But the reality is, is that you have to become an expert on you because nobody can and nobody will be able to become an expert in your body and your brain more than you can. And and yes, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Like definitely seek wise counsel and mentoring and coaching. But as long as you solely outsource that responsibility to somebody else, you're never going to know how to take care of yourself. And you're always going to be left at the disposal of a diet or handcuffed to, you know, endless needs for motivation from somebody else. And and that in itself is a losing game. Like you've got to take radical ownership of your own health and self-care because nobody can and nobody will do it for you. And now I know that might be a hard pill to swallow because we think we should just look to other experts for this, but I wish somebody had told me that when I was younger, like it would have changed the game. And so yes, take radical ownership and responsibility and seek wise counsel, but make sure that you are owning your own journey. And honestly, that's why all of my clients and I, we, we take the time to figure out what their individual health and self-care recipe looks like for them. Because just like you, they can't use a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach. Like we all need, need to figure out what this looks like for our own lives and our own needs and circumstances and our shortcomings, all of it, right? Like knowing what works for you, knowing what you're good at, what you're not so great at, all the things. Now, self-care is something I could go on and on about. You can tell I'm like sometimes I, I I go off on my own tangents, but I know that also self-care has a lot of stigma nowadays or it's a big buzzword in the health industry. But really what we're talking about is taking care like your self-care when it comes to taking care of your physical, mental and emotional health, like your brain and nervous system, but also as you're learning including your spiritual health. And that's what I mean by self-care. And again, it has to be this three-dimensional conversation, starting at the heart, starting at the spirit, starting at the, at the mind, the emotions, all of that, and getting making sure that that's copacetic and status quo, and then bringing that with you into the physical. And it's got to be three-dimensional or else you will leave your health and self-care on the table or just straight up never find it. Now, I want to say this, if that feels like too big of a stretch for you, or if just taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, taking care of your brain and nervous system and and these actual definitions of health that I'm talking to you about, if that seems impossible, then that's what I mean when I say that the same ingredient to creating your self-care plan in the eyes of love and worthiness, like that same ingredient might actually be acting as a block and a block to God's view of health and God's view of being taken care of. And so, of course, you know, the word nerd in me wants you to know that the etymology or the word origin of the word health, in Old English, health means being whole, sound, or well. And in Middle English, it means prosperity, happiness, or safety. And I just love that because to me, that just says, Leanne, this conversation of health is first and foremost designed so that you can be whole and sound and well. And it immediately makes me ask myself, like, hmm, is what I'm doing right now for my health or self-care making me feel that way? And again, so much of my life chasing skinny was making me the opposite of that. But also the definition of health that means prosperity and happiness and safety, is it making me feel happy or is taking care of my health and self-care making me miserable, right? Is it making me feel safe and clear and secure, Or am I constantly confused and overwhelmed or punishing myself trying to pursue health? Like, do I feel abundant or am I living in the restriction and deprivation and rules? By the way, the Bible says in Corinthians that God is not a God of confusion but of peace. And another version says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. And so that's another interesting way to look at it. Like, it's easy to see that if I'm following the skewed version of health that the world gave me or, you know, society gave me of that eat less, move more, restrict, deprive, punish my body side of things, or this idea that health was only about how I ate, moved, or obsessing over my appearance again, just think about your relationship with your health and and food and your body. Is it causing confusion and disorder or is it causing peace? Again, God's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of disorder, but of peace. And so can we just kind of slow down for a second and soak that in? Like, Can you imagine what your life would be like if you chased that kind of health and self-care? Like, The kind where you start at the mental, emotional, spiritual and take that into physical health and self-care, right? And the kind where the physical health and self-care actually takes care of your brain and nervous system instead of putting it in threat or fight or flight all the time. And the kind that brings order and peace instead of confusion and disorder, And again, if that feels like too big of a stretch for you, or if taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or or taking care of your brain and nervous system, and you know, everything I'm saying, if that feels impossible, then that's what I mean when I say that the same ingredient to creating your self-care and health plan, that same ingredient might actually be a block, right? And a block to God's view of health and God's view of being taken care of. And so this is where I just invite you to borrow God's eyes, and it's the perfect time to just try on a new story right a new story about your ability to be healthy and taken care of like that because if you don't believe that you are worthy of that or that it's even possible that's a god block and you need a new story and you must renew your mind And so I shared the new stories that I personally tried on in both of those neurofaith episodes that I mentioned. One was the faith-brain connection where self-image meets neuroscience. And one was holy guacamole, food, faith, and a restored body image. And I can't not say it without saying holy guacamole. (laughs) But let's look to God's word and see what it says. And in a way, I kind of feel like God left us breadcrumbs for his definitions of health in the scripture (laughs) including where it says in Proverbs 17:22 and this is the NIV version a cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. OK, so soak that in. But I also want to share Proverbs sixteen twenty four, where it says gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. OK, and so these two literally talk about how our head and heart are what becomes good medicine and health. But it literally talks about and it uses the words a cheerful heart And gracious words being good medicine and healing to the bones. But it also says a crushed spirit is what dries up the bones. And honestly, for me, you know, historically, whenever I am or was neglecting my health or down on myself about my weight – and I can see that, oh my gosh, like, yes, my head, my heart, and my spirit were totally off kilter. My spirit was crushed. So then I would just rush into the next diet or try to diet it away or try to out exercise it. But now I know that that's where I needed to start at the heart and the spirit and get that aligned. And then with that heart and spirit, take action in the physical realm, right? but it's more than that and you know this idea of a renewed mind around health and self-care i really believe needs to start it really needs to actually like start with and include a new commitment to honoring our bodies and looking to God's definition of health more and the world's definition of health a little bit less. Because one of the things that I personally had to do was I had to wake up to the fact that no one was coming to save me from myself and my habits in that regard, right? And that it was my responsibility to renew my mind and sift through all the madness and the nonsense and all the short-term band-aids and, diets and toxic extreme methods and go heal my relationship with my body. But it wasn't just my body. It was my relationship with food, too. And when I say it was my job, I mean, like, Yeah, I had I have free will. I had to stop. I had to look to God. I had to look to renew my mind. Of course, we there's that distinction that we've talked about about not totally relying on self and that self-sufficiency. But I mean, I had to wake up to the fact that like, hey, God's tapping me on the shoulder like it was my job to say, okay, I'm ready to take ownership. And I love this scripture in 1 Corinthians 6.20, also the NIV version, where it says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Um, But the ESV version of that same scripture says, you were bought at a price, so glorify God in your body. Because to me, it says, Leanne, don't take advantage of your body. And I look back at my life and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just I took so much advantage of my body. And I do sometimes picture God and Jesus- You know, actually being a little bit firm with me and in a loving way, of course, but because, you know, when you think about it, the truth isn't always easy. But as they say, the truth shall set you free. And I know for those big breakthroughs in my life, sometimes I need a little like soft tap on the shoulder, but sometimes I need a hammer and I need a bit of a metaphorical shaking by the shoulders. And, and that's what I feel like that scripture was. I love this, you know, 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, where it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And again, this is a stern but loving reminder of like, hello, at least it was to me, like, hello, Leanne, you are so fortunate to have this body who is literally the temple that is holding the Holy Spirit that lives in you, that wasn't just there arbitrarily, like, it was a gift from God. And to me, it kind of made me say, like, Leanne, are you going to kick a gift horse in the mouth? Like, you have this gift given to you from God, so now it's time to honor it rather than treating it like gum on the bottom of your shoe or something that needs to be starved or punished or hated on or just outright toxically shamed into oblivion. Like, that was a decision that I had to make. And once I made it, it changed the game. And, and this actually intersects really with the kind of conversations I have with my clients. And and obviously it's said and intended with so much love, but I wish somebody spoke this directly to me back in the day, but but I lovingly tell them that, and, and keep in mind too, like my clients have conversations with themselves every single day and they think like, it's a willpower thing, it's a discipline thing, like they're self-sabotaging. But by the time they're on the phone with me exploring if my stressless eating program is a fit, they now realize that the real issue here is a heart issue. Like it's emotional. It's conditioned patterning as in like it's fired and wired in their brain. A lot of them it has been for their life or for decades and it never got unwired or rewired. And then healing that it really is just a choice, but it's finally got to be about making this choice where like this is no longer just about food. It is no longer just about the weight. It's where they're no longer willing to be a shrunken, disempowered version of them of themselves that's, you know, sitting on the sidelines of their life or not showing up as the version of themselves that God designed them to be. And they are ready to take back their power from it. And I lovingly tell them that, you know, the first thing I look for to know if a a woman's really ready to heal it is that they're radically committed to healing the real problem, like not just putting Band-Aids on it, not looking to out-diet it. I mean, you know, solve it, close the loop, put out the fire. In other words, like they have to be at that point in their life where they know that the cycle just needs to end because, you know, they've been living like this for far too long. They've been locked up in the food and body prison for far too long, and they're ready to break free and take back their power like that's really it like it doesn't have to be some deep dark rock bottom like some people think but they do have to get to that place where they realize that you know the outdated systems and a food based approach and and even therapy like all the things that didn't work they didn't work for a reason and they're not going to go another day without the roadmap and the strategy and the support that they need because they demand to be out of that prison and it's like you know for them it has to be getting to that stage where you know enough is enough. They've been around the monster long enough. Like they want to change it from the root, not just the symptoms, and put it to bed for good. And really being at that level. And yeah, like that might sound a little bit confrontational to some people in a way, but of course it's it's in a loving way. But I also believe in a necessary way. And I wish somebody had asked me those questions when I was at the height of my disordered eating and toxically unhealthy habits. And so when I hear 1 Corinthians 6.20, where it says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies, or the version where it says glorify God in your body, it reminds me of those firm but loving reminders and already aligns with my own self-imaging philosophies. So you're probably seeing why I keep saying that the Bible met me where I was but also filled in gaps and completed the story for me. But the Bible also says something else that's a bit interesting. And this definitely connects to what we talked about, you know, the air quotes food brain or the addiction brain in that neurofaith episode. But this verse was actually a little bit confronting to me And it's from Proverbs 23, 20 through 21. But it says, do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
3: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer.
2: It's from Proverbs 23, 20 through 21, but it says, Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. And when I first heard this scripture, I was like, whoa, that is so judgy, and I didn't get it, because I was all like, wait a minute, I can have compassion for people that are there, and I can still hang out with people that are struggling. But then I looked and I explored it a little bit further. And first off, it says join. It says don't join them. It it doesn't say don't hang out with them. It doesn't say, you know, don't love them but i believe that the reason the bible warns us about eating or drinking too much or gorging ourselves and and being around other people that do that too is because it's often a sign that food or drink has become way too important to us in other words like it really is a sign of gluttony and we all know that you know one or two chocolate chip cookies is awesome but more than that and you feel so bad you know physically mentally emotionally and the same is true for eating or drinking too much of anything and so it's not saying don't eat or don't drink But too much, you become a drunkard and a glutton and become poor. And I believe that the word poor here, because again, you know, I'm a word nerd. It's so multifaceted. And in this, I personally believe that God is really referring to poor health when we're not defining it as this three-dimensional thing. And of course, the logic and reason side of it is pretty simple. Like we need to take care of our health because our health will eventually deteriorate and our quality of life will deteriorate if we don't. And so, you know, God gave our bodies to us and he wants us to take care of them. And the Bible says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. But if you are stuck in the rut of chasing skinny or just totally neglecting your own health and self-care like I was for so many years, you miss out on all of what's available to you. Hence, it's another block. So what if instead of looking at the health and fitness industry, you created your own new definition of health and asked God to meet you there and even borrow his eyes. And you know, the God that I know, he loves you and he doesn't want to see you harm your health, but also the God that I know would have so much love and compassion for you if you are struggling to take care of yourself. But again, like this is also where that hyper-dependency on self comes into play too. Like, what if, yes, you took intelligent action and ultimate responsibility for your role in this, but also let God in and surrender this to God. Like, you know, surrender your definitions of health and start looking at it like this mental, emotional, spiritual thing and bring that with you into the physical and, you know, surrender your ideas of allowing somebody to help you and not having to carry the burden of it all on your own. And get clear and committed to act and live as someone different. Like, you have to become and be a new creation. It's it's not just a mind or body thing. It's a brain thing. And of course, you know it's a spirit thing too. Like, you've got to renew your mind, recreate your identity as this new person, and step into that version of you. And as Ketrick said in that self-reliance episode, sometimes you're waiting on God And sometimes God is waiting on you. So where are you waiting? Like waiting for things to get better on their own or waiting for someone to want it for you or do it for you or waiting for discipline or willpower to magically show up or waiting for the perfect time or the perfect moment or for things to be perfect or waiting to start finding the beautiful, confident, powerful version of yourself that you know you are, but you just haven't seen in a while. Or, you know, like I say, waiting for the wait to just be what you want to be and do what you want to do and feel how you want to feel. And where are you waiting on God? And where is God waiting on you to take the call, right? And what if now was the perfect time to once again just meet God there? Like where can you simply draw a line in the sand and commit to renewing your mind so that you can start honoring your body by looking to God's definitions of health more and looking at the world's definitions a bit less. Like I wish somebody had said this to me or asked me these questions decades ago. And that's why I'm really trying to drive this home to you. And I think you're starting to get the point. And listen, I could go on and on with more, but bringing it back full circle to this. God's love is filled with new definitions of health and receiving the spiritual and soul health that you are most likely truly desiring when you get stuck going down the physical or worldly rabbit hole. But if you don't deem yourself worthy of that kind of love and health and care, you are outright blocking that love from God, but not just God, blocking it from anyone else to truly give you the love that's available to you. But you might not feel worthy of receiving it. Like it's not, it's like it's not even there if you're blocking it, right? And most people are walking around neglecting themselves, like feeling disconnected from themselves, their emotions, their spirit, and actively focusing on the worldly definitions of health that you're learning often take you away from health and away from worthiness. And this is a major problem when it comes to your self-image and when it comes to receiving the love that's available to you. And that's why self-care is both an ingredient to a self-loving and worthy self-image But that same thing, if you don't believe it or feel it, it's outright blocking you from receiving that love. And and here's that big distinction that I really want you to get and really want you to remember. Because just like I talked about that there's a paradox to worthiness, this is the paradox of health and self-care, right? Like taking care of yourself and your health when you don't know how to take care of yourself and your health. So when it comes to the ingredient of self-care as a part of the recipe of your self-image, This is where I believe it's our job to take radical ownership of it. This is where we put in the work as a human, because if we want something to be different, we we need to see and do differently. But when it comes to the side of the coin where the concept of health and self-care is a God block or a spiritual block, and it's blocking you from receiving the love that's available to you, that's where I'm here to plant this seed in your brain. What if the God block side of it wasn't yours to break through? what if it's where you invited God into it like what if it wasn't your job and it wasn't your responsibility or not at least not fully right and remember what we said about self-reliance like what if this is where you move into God reliance and God's guidance and that's where you invite God into it and ask God to help you and meet you there and And just to make it super simple again, like we did last week, what if it was as simple as praying something like, God, please show me where I am chasing the world's view of health rather than seeing it through your eyes. And God, please show me what you see and show me your view and just pray that over and over again. And and the reason I love that prayer is because the first half where you say, God, Please show me where I'm chasing the world's view of health rather than seeing it through your eyes. You're asking for revelation and wisdom and awareness of what you're walking away from or at least in the process of transforming. And the second half, where you say, "God, please show me what you see. Show me your view." You're asking for a new view and a new belief, and in turn, a new identity. And I'm telling you, if you pray this over and over again, He will show you. He will meet you there, and He will give you that revelation that you are seeking. And and how do I know this? That this is again where it's not just my faith talking, even though that's a big part of it. It's also what neuroscience says, and what we focus on expands. And as I teach my clients what we give air to, attention, intention, repetition, air, it grows and expands and it becomes you. Like your brain will learn it and you will just become having that as part of the way that you think but you've got to renew your mind and you must practice it okay so that's my invitation for you and an invitation in its own right like what if you just gave air and gave attention intention repetition to that prayer of god please show me where i'm chasing the world's view of health rather than seeing it through your eyes and god please show me what you see show me your view that is my invitation to you Okay, so that really is the big picture side of health and self-care that I just wanted you to get access to and just start seeing. And of course, that means with God's guidance, right? And that, yes, there is a part in it that you play when when it comes to taking radical ownership of your self-image, right? And as you're learning, there's a science to that. But also the side of health and self-care where it's a God block and it's blocking you from receiving that care. And yes, it's a catch-22 because it's what you need, but it's also, you know, what's blocking you. But the big distinction being that block is not yours to do anything about. That block is where you ask God to show you his power. And all you have to do is surrender and ask him in prayerful requests. Like, God, please show me where I'm chasing the world's view of health rather than seeing it through your eyes. And God, please show me what you see. Show me your view. And that really is the nutshell of all this. And and my invitation to you, just try on this new story, this new perspective. And there is so much more I could say about this, but we're going to just stop there for right now. So that's it for this second ingredient and second God block. But we will be back next week to talk about the next ingredient and next God block, which is all about creating a new definition of self-worth by creating the currency of the soul and seeking God's truth about your divine worth. Once again, not just figuring it out on your own, but how to make sure you're taking radical ownership of what you can and cannot influence, but asking God to step in and do a lot of the heavy lifting in your head, heart, and spirit. So I will talk to you then. We'll be back with more What's God Got To Do With It, but in the meantime, I would definitely love to hear from you. So just tell me where you are in your story or maybe what questions you have, like where do you feel you need clarity or support or wisdom in your own journey? I definitely want to hear from you. So head on over to What's God Got To Do With It and scroll down to the form to share your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, and you can do that instantly. So what's god got to do with it.com you'll find all the ways to do that and if you like this podcast and want to hear more go ahead and follow like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get your weekly dose of what's god got to do with it new episodes drop every single tuesday and while you're there be sure to rate and review to show your support it really means so much What's God Got to Do With It is an iHeartRadio podcast on the Amy Brown Podcast Network. It's written and hosted by me, Leanne Ellington. Executive produced by Elizabeth Fazio. Post-production and editing by Houston Tilly. And original music written by Cheryl Stark and produced by Adam Stark. Trinity
1: School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. You know that feeling when you
2: walk into your home, take a deep breath.